Hello, everybody. This is Rob Fredette, and we're back for another episode on HodgePod, and Sean Donovan has joined me again. We're talking the second episode, talking about this great movie, and it's titled Yippee Kaye. I'll let you figure out the rest. And Sean, welcome back. I'm looking forward to talking about this. We've got, we got a lot of catching up to do from the previous episode. Yes, we do. Oh, Rob, the second word you're looking for that is Yippee Kaye, mother... Never mind. I won't yes, say it on, yeah, we'll, on, the, on the air. We're gonna we're gonna uh, play that a little bit later. We'll let uh, John McLean say that. So, we talked uh, a lot about in the previous episode about the, some of the characters, and one of them that we didn't really talk about was Holly Gennaro or Holly Gennaro McLean, whichever which way you want to think about it. And Holly is a pretty awesome character early on as well. Uh, she is a up and coming executive with uh, Mr. Tagagi's company and uh, out in L.A. And she has really uh, done an excellent job, according to Takagi. She has her own office. So, Sean, we didn't talk about her, but she's an integral part of this movie as well. Absolutely, she is. I mean, she uh, she's obviously very smart. And uh, I like how right away she uh, figures out that uh, that it's John, that it's her uh, her husband doing all of this stuff on the, uh, the floors above to try to uh, eliminate the... Uh, the terrorist threat, so to speak. So yeah, she's uh, obviously obviously a key role for sure. Absolutely. And what I liked about Holly in the movie is when Ellis was at the beginning of the movie, uh, she really didn't care too much for him. And then when John shows up in the office and uh, she is definitely caught off guard or he's in the office with uh, Tagagi in there. And I thought that was a good way to set it up that they were looking forward to seeing each other. And then when they were by themselves, you got to see some of the, uh, the tension in between both of them. But as the movie wears on, she is standing up to uh, Hans Gruber. And I think that was very good because she was pretty much in charge uh, when Tagagi got, uh, got assassinated or killed. Oh, exactly. Just like Hans said, when she walked in, what did Hans say? He goes, what idiot put you in charge? And she says, <laughs> you did after you murdered my boss. Now people are looking to me. Yep. So, and, uh, he, and then he just sits back and says, go on. And, you know, she says, <laughs> uh, you know, about the, the pregnant woman and can she go in a, an office where there's a sofa, you know, and, and Han says, no, but I'll have a sofa brought out. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and the way he just goes like, Oh, for God's sakes, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, um, with the with the woman having to uh, not give birth at that time, but she was pregnant. But I thought that was uh, a little levity in there from Hans, right. and I think that was uh, pretty cool. I also like the part there when uh, she says, "Tell that to K- Tagagi," and uh, I thought that was uh, her little quip there too was pretty uh, kind of comical a little bit at that point in the movie uh, when she's telling Ellis. So again, she brought uh, she brought some levity, but she brought some uh, stand up niche to uh, our friend there, Mister Gruber. Oh, absolutely. Yep, yep. Tell that to Takagi when Ellis is like, "Oh man, your husband's <laughs> going to screw this thing up. We can, you know, without him, we can still have a chance of getting out of here." And that's when she says, "Tell that to Takagi." The the part where um, you know Holly is at the beginning of the movie, you see at we're going back to the beginning when. Uh, Tagagi's getting everybody gathering for the party there. You see her, she is in the back getting off the elevator, going to her office. She's still working on Christmas Eve. So she definitely uh, had that go-to attitude when she was out in LA. 
So basically, uh, we talked about Harry. Uh, we had talked about Ellis as well in the previous episode, and he's a pretty interesting character too. Beginning of the movie, he is in the office and uh, he's sniffing cocaine on Holly's desk, and then uh, Tagagi oh, and McLean walk in there, and uh, he's trying to wipe up his mess. And uh, I like the part there. What did uh, John McLean say to him as you walk by him? He's like, "Oh, you missed some." <laughs> Yeah. That was, that was, that was good. I think that was part of that New York cop. You know, he really couldn't do anything, but uh, he knew what Ellis was all about. So a real key part in the movie for uh, Die Hard was when Ellis tried to somehow get McLean to Hans Gruber. And this is a very intense scene. Like I said, we took in the previous episode, a lot of the movies in different parts, it's in the building, but it keeps you moving in different parts of the building. Like McLean's up on one floor, he's talking, and then they're in an office. And Ellis comes into the office thinking he's going to deliver McLean. And that was a pretty uh, turning point in the movie for me. What did you think of that part in the movie, Sean? Well, remember how he he he, he went in there to begin with. When he stands up and he's he's uh, he's sniffing a little cocaine, remember that? And, and Holly yes. says, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Tired of sitting around to see who gets us killed first, you know, them or your husband." And then he goes, uh, "She's like, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Hey, babe, you know, I negotiate million dollar deals for breakfast. I can think I can handle this euro trash, you know." <laughs> and then he's like, he says to the one of the gunmen, he's like, "Hey, Spreckensy talk." <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of that scene, let's give it a listen. Well, now that's a date. But uh, you're going to have to bring the ice cream. Touching, cowboy, touching. Or should I call you Mr. McLean? Mr. Officer John McLean of the New York Police Department. Get on the phone to Harry in New York. Come on, baby, move. Got it. You better get hold of somebody in dispatch. Sister Teresa called me Mr. McLean in third grade. My friends call me John. You're neither shithead. I have someone who wants to talk to you. A very special friend who was with you at the party tonight. Hey, John boy. Ellis? Listen, John, give me a few minutes to try to talk some sense into you. I know you think you're doing your job, John, and I can appreciate that, but you're just dragging this thing out. Now, look, no one gets out of here until these guys can talk to the L.A. police, and that just ain't going to happen until you stop messing up the works. Capiche? Ellis, what have you told them? So, Sean, we're, I, I stopped it right there. So pretty much... It's a pretty intense scene. It's uh, music, and you got different camera uh, sw- switching cameras, angles, and uh, different parts. But I thought that was uh, that's a pretty intense scene right there. Well, you know what, too, like when Hans is saying on the radio, a very special guest who you met at the party tonight. You know, when when John first hears that over the radio, he's thinking you gotta you gotta think that maybe he's thinking that it's Holly. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, you know what I mean, exactly. so he's probably like, "Oh God, he's got my wife." You know what I mean? 
And then when it turns out to be Ellis, but I, I love how John tries to talk him out of it, you know, when he's like, Ellis, these people are going to kill you. You know, Jesus Christ, these people are going to kill you. Tell them you don't know me. And uh, he did everything he could to try to save him. But, uh, Hans is a, a ruthless dude. Yeah, well, uh, pretty intense scene. Let's hear it out. I told him we were old friends and you were my guest at the party. Ellis, you shouldn't be doing this. Tell me about it. Huh? All right, John, listen. I want you to tell them what the detonators are. They know people are listening. They want the detonators or they're going to kill me. John, didn't you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Hey, John, I think you could get with the program a little, huh? The police are here now. It's their problem. Now, tell these guys where the detonators are so no one else gets hurt. You know, I'm putting my life on the line for you, pal. Ellis, listen to me very carefully. John. Shut up, Ellis. Just shut your mouth. Put Hans back on the line. Hans, this shithead does not know what kind of man you are, but I do. Listen. Good. Then you'll give us what we want and save your friend's life. You're not part of this equation. It's time you realized that. Hey. What am I, a method actor, Hans? Babe, put away the gun. This is radio, not television. Hans, this asshole is not my friend. I just met him tonight. I don't know him. Jesus Christ, Ellis, these people are going to kill you. Tell them you don't know me. <laughs> John, how can you say that after all these years, huh? John. John. Again, Hans Gruber, he, uh, he was ruthless. Also gave him a chance. He didn't deliver, and the end result was Ellis getting... Uh, getting killed oh yeah you knew that was going to happen i mean uh and you know, john did everything he could to to try and save him and then did pretty much all he could do to try to save him but uh it definitely it definitely uh didn't work it definitely backfired yeah and what i, I looked at you know at, during that scene though the other terrorist the part of han's crew is just sitting there that the look on their faces pretty intense as well so uh, you didn't have to have a lot of music. You just had the interaction, and that's what I was talking about in the last episode between John and Hans there. They had a, a little bit of respect towards the end of that scene, though, trying to plead with Hans that he didn't know him. But um, I thought that was uh, pretty convincing there by all three of those actors. And I, all right, so we're going to get to the next part of the movie, Sean and I. It's one of the best lines ever, I believe, in motion picture history. It's a short line, and it's one of the most iconic lines but in the movie here this is where i think the movie has turned to the good versus the bad and uh john mcclane definitely gives it to hans gruber it's pretty awesome i never thought i'd love to hear that sound all of you relax. This is a matter of inconvenient timing. That's all. Police action was inevitable. And as it happens, necessary. So let them fumble about outside and stay calm. This is simply the beginning. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until further... Oh, I'm very sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on the bulletin board. Wax Tony and Marco and his friend here, I figured you and Carl and Franco might be a little lonely, so I wanted to give you a call. How does he know so much about this? 
This is very kind of you. I assume you are our mysterious party creation. You are most troublesome. For a security guard? Eh, sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? Oh, these are very bad for you. Who are you, then? Just a fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. A pain in the ass. Whoa. Check on all the others. Don't use the radio. See if he's lying about Marco and find out if anyone else is missing. Mr. Mystery Guest. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Unless you want to open a front door for me. No, I'm afraid not. But you have me at a loss. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Another orphan of a bankrupt culture who thinks he's John Wayne, Rambo, Marshall Dillon. I was always kind of partial to Roy Rogers, actually. I really like those sequined shirts. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Awesome, awesome scene. Absolutely. Awesome I, love scene. The look, I love the look on Hans's face when he when he goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's he's talking that, about like, what Jeopardy. the hell's going on here? He's looking at the radio. Look, Hans looks at the radio like, what is he talking about? Which I thought that was cool. He's talking about double Jeopardy. Yeah. With the scores. Yeah, exactly. Change. <laughs> I, what I like, too, about the scenes is just they're talking. You know, the music is very low, and it's just the, the, the facial expressions. I thought that was, uh, yeah. was probably one of the best, uh, one of the best scenes in any action movie and there was no like shooting or anything like that it was just perfect the tension in that in that series right there of that scene is is pretty pretty intense well yeah it's setting the uh it's setting the tone for you know now now it's uh good versus bad you know that's one of the most iconic lines in movie history i believe i think that's a awesome awesome line so you know john mcclane was uh definitely taking on all these terrorists. And I thought that was really awesome. So we're going to get to the part now where uh, Hans is looking for the detonators. Is that correct? Well, he goes up to check on the, he goes up to, this is the part I think you're talking about. He goes up to check on the roof to see like where the explosives and things are wired properly or whatever. He's just going to check on it. Yeah. It's uh, this is a pretty intense scene too. So, going to play just a little bit of it, but I'm going to talk about just something I noticed. Don't kill me, please. Don't kill me, please. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Relax. 
Relax. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. What the fuck are you doing up here? What were you looking for? I'm not to get out of there. Uh, well, I was just trying to get up on the roof and see if I could signal for help. You know. Thanks. You don't work for Nakatomi. And if you're not one of them. I'm a cop from New York. New York? Yeah. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. Better being caught with your pants down, huh? <laughs> I'm John McClane. You're, uh... Clay. Bill Clay. That part, Sean, is pretty awesome. He is talking a California accent from... I, I, I have to say, during that part there, uh, McClane's looking down with the machine gun. I think this is where it's tied that's changed in the movie subliminally with that him standing there over uh, uh, Hans Gruber when he jumped down I'm uh, trying to find the explosive so that part was pretty uh, pretty intense as well as we get to the uh, end of the movie yeah and I love how Hans uh, was uh, quick to uh, quick to react um, with that you know with the accent with the fake accent and everything and uh, uh, you gotta wonder if, if John believed him right away or if he was suspicious or if he even knew it was Hans. I, no, I don't think if he knew it was Hans, he wouldn't have handed him the gun, even though the gun was empty. But I think he did know it was Hans. Uh, <laughs> I know there's some thought that he they didn't he didn't know he who he was, but I I'm on the camp that says he did know who he was. He gave him the gun, unloaded to see what he would do. So I think at that point in the movie, I think he knows who he is. He's got that look looking down when he's looking down at Hans. I think he I think he knows he had a little smirk on his face. Just my opinion. So it was uh that's a pretty intense scene. And then after that, the uh the scene comes up where you know the line's pretty good. <laughs> well, absolutely. Which part are you looking for? I'm looking for the part where he shoots the gun. There's no bullets in it. And uh oh. Yes. And Bruce Will uh Bruce Willis. John McClane's like, oops, no bullets. <laughs> and he keeps shooting, shooting, he goes he takes rips a gun out of his hand and he goes, What do you think? I'm stupid. <laughs> and then the then the elevator opens and here comes some more bad guys. Hans is like, You were saying <laughs> Put down the gun and give me my detonators. Oh, well, well. Hans. Put it down now. 
pretty tricky with that accent. You gotta be on fucking TV with that accent. But what do you want with the detonators, Hans? I already used all the explosives. Or did I? I'm going to count to three. Yeah. Like you did with Takagi. Oops. No bullets. You think I'm fucking stupid, Hans? You're saying? Man, oh man, that that's just pretty cool. Like you see like a lot of uh bad and good guys during the course of their movies, they're fighting and they're jumping and they're going through glass and things, but the scene of both of them when he handed him the gun uh was pretty in, pretty intense cuz Hans looked like he was trying to play into John, but then John turns, walks away and he puts the cigarette down and the look in Hans's face, it says, I'm going to get you, you son of a, you know what? And then that's when, uh, he shoots the gun with no bullets in it. And then after right. that, it's the famous, uh, line there where he's talking to, uh, Carl and German and what happens with that? Well, Hans just, I have no idea what they were saying in German, by the way, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's when uh, John turns around and says, well, 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 Hans. That's a pretty good accent, you know. You should be on TV with that accent. And that's when he was, you know, Hans was pointing the gun at John and just uh, trying to fire it. And, of course, it was empty, so nothing was happening. I love it, it. I mean, he's literally like two feet away from Hans during that scene. And Hans is just so convincing. He just, the look in Hans's face before he shoots the gun is pretty incredible and then he looks like a little wimp when he's shooting the gun with no and then who's in charge and then he goes you were saying <laughs> yeah. so the famous party kills kills another one of the terrorists and then uh they shoot the glass and uh i read that that they were they weren't they were allegedly talking german in the movie but it really wasn't any type of you know german but i thought that was uh pretty interesting um, and then he shoots the glass and then, uh, John ends up getting his feet all bloodied. And that was, that was painful to watch. Yeah. yeah but you, uh, you gotta, what you got uh, that's my, that's my favorite line that my favorite line in the whole movie is when Hans, you know, so after he, you know, after John knows that, it, that, that it's Hans and he shoots that guy in the elevator and then he, you know, he takes off running, uh, barefoot, of course, still. And then uh, the other guys, you know, Carl and Hans and that uh, that uh, third uh, bad guy, yep. are uh, you know are running in, running into that side office, you know, guns are blazing, and uh, the first guy gets killed, and then Hans, you know, sees all the blood all over the place, and he looks at Carl and he's like, Carl, she's the fenster, <laughs> and then Carl, <laughs> like he didn't know what he was saying, and then Hans goes shoot the glass i mean that's my favorite line in the whole movie i love that i kind of looked at him like you know what like you could just tell like what's well, going on and he had to probably, like talk down to tr talk down to carl <laughs> yeah yep
Kind of looked at him like you know what. Paul kind of looked at him like you know what. Like you could just tell like what's well, going on, and he had to probably, like talk down to tra- talk down to Carl. <laughs> yeah, yep, I love that. Shoot the glass, and how he made it out of that scene with uh, you know getting out of that situation was pretty was pretty incredible. But his feet were bloodied. Just going back to Ellis, the other part I liked in the movie was uh, when they had the uh, terrorist expert on, and they were talking about the uh, the Helsinki syndrome. They said it, the the uh, experts talking about whether you know the hostages and the cap doors are uh, kind of have a relationship. And then uh, as he's saying that, Ellis is being dragged out. <laughs> you drove that car. I figured you for the street, Al. An author of Hostage Terrorist, Terrorist Hostage, A Study in Duality. Dr. Hasseldorf, what can we expect in the next few hours? Well, Gail, by this time, the hostages should be going through the early stages of the Helsinki Syndrome. As in Helsinki, Sweden. Finland. Basically, it's when the hostages and the terrorists go through a sort of psychological transference and a projection of dependency. A strange sort of trust and bond develops. We've had situations where the hostages have embraced their captors after their release and even corresponded with them in prison. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're pretty macabre with that. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, they, they they did a good job with that. Yeah, I like, I like the way they did that, you know. Like how it, it, there are often times where the expert on TV, you know, there are often times when the Captors have embraced their, uh, you know, the terrorists or whatever, and even corresponded to them while they were in prison. And then it shows Ellis being dragged out. <laughs> oh man, that's a that, that's a that's a sick part. But uh, it showed that the experts do not know what they were talking about. That kind of dissed them as well as the uh, L.A. police in the uh, in the movie, especially Dwayne T. Robinson. So basically, at the end of the movie, Sean, you had Hans, you had Holly, you had John, and you had the Huey Lewis lookalike, Eddie. So that end of the movie there is pretty, pretty intense. And uh, I thought that was uh, pretty, pretty elaborate at the end there. John was very fortuitive as far as putting, taping the gun to his back. Yeah, that was cool. He was some of the, uh, well, he realized he only had two bullets left. So, yeah. You know, taped the gun with some of the Christmas tape. And, uh, he had that little smile on his face. He taped it to his back and then came out with the machine gun. And, uh, you know, Hans you know, immediately grabs Holly and, like, holds the gun to her head. And mm-hmm. He's, you know, telling him mm-hmm. to put the gun down. And, you know, when he lets it go, you can see the look on Holly's face. She's like, you know, kind of, oh, boy, like, why did, why did you put the gun down? And, um... <clears throat> You know, as soon as he drops the gun, the Huey Lewis, Eddie, you know, reaches for his gun, and, and Hans is like, nine, this is mine. In, in German, which I thought was kind of cool, and uh, saying, like, nope, he's mine, I got him. And, uh, yeah, they do the little uh, speeches at the end where Hans actually says to, to John, 
Um, yes. What was it you said to me? You know, and he goes, you would have made a cow. You would have made a uh, pretty good cowboy yourself, Hans. And he's like, yes. What is it you said to me? <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay. Motherfucker. And I love the way he says it because he says it. It sounds so funny. When he says that and they start laughing and that's when, uh, you know, John ends up uh, shooting both of them. So that was, uh, that was pretty intense. And then we get to the part where Hans breaks through the glass and he has Holly with him. That scene was pretty, pretty unbelievable. Cause you think, well, he got Hans and then they had to put us, everybody watching on the cliffhanger towards the very end when Hans is about to, you know, go out stage left. Yeah, didn't you say? I think you told me that uh, in the in the movie when they were shooting, when they were filming it, didn't they? They let him go early. Yes, it was a count of three, and they let yeah. him out on the count of two. And here's an interview that Alan Rickman did, and he explained a little bit. This is uh, from a few years ago, so let's give it a quick listen. I don't remember this count two, count three thing. I just remember that again with the benefit of hindsight. I I looked at the faces of some slightly incredulous producers when I said that I would do it myself. And it was being dropped from about 40 feet, as I recall. And of course, this was in the days of there wasn't any CGI. So uh, it was, let's drop the actor. <laughs> then he doesn't spin around in the middle of the pole and land on his head and kill himself. <laughs> they were very careful to make it my very last shot on the film. Pretty awesome. Pretty, yeah. You get you can definitely tell, <clears throat> like in the movie. <clears throat> excuse me, in the movie, he he looks surprised. Yeah, you that know? was done in like, one take, and that was cool. And if you notice, he's he's holding on to Holly's arm, her wrist, and he's uh, trying to bring her out too. And uh, they can't like they can't get Hans's his, his hand off of her. And then they realize that uh, she's she's still wearing that watch that they were right talking about the beginning of the movie the, the rolex and then mm-hmm. bruce uh john mcclain unclips it and there he goes yeah the uh the scene at the end of the movie is pretty intense and then when they let him go and he's got the gun you think he's going to shoot it and it, at that very moment he's let go and that is real fear when he fell down again he said he fell 40 feet that scene is incredible at the end of the movie Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then when they show it from the outside of the building with the stunt man, like falling, <laughs> all that, trailing his arms, it's like, oh. And then you hear that thud, like somebody hitting the ground. It was like, oof. And then Dwayne T. Robinson says, I hope it's not a hostage. <laughs> awesome of that. That guy's great. Paul, Paul Gleason, I think, right? Yeah. Paul Gleason, yeah, he was uh, he was perfect for that part. So we tried to cover some of the highlights in the movie for you because it's absolutely a terrific, terrific action flick. What other thoughts do you have about Die Hard, Sean? Um, you know, off the top of your head, if you had to guess uh, some of the key, maybe a, a key character that you think made the movie better. I mean, the obvious one is Hans, but is there a character you might think of that really added to the movie? And then I'll go ahead. I don't think so. I mean, uh, I mean Hans and uh, John uh, were awesome feeding off each other. Uh, um, <clears throat> uh, actually, Al Powell, Sergeant Powell, I thought he, I thought, uh, I thought he did a great job. Um, 
so I would say, yeah, I think Powell definitely added to it. Uh, um, I forget who they said they also almost casted for, for that part. Was it uh, Gene Hackman? That's right. Yeah, you're exactly. You're right. Isn't that weird how they how they possibly initially cast folks and they'd end up not getting it? And then when you see the final results years, years and later, it it always works out to that that part of, you know, whoever played those parts that ends up being the right person who played that part. Yeah, in a lot of cases, yeah, absolutely, and, it, and it's funny. It's it's kind of cool to hear of uh, like when you read about different people that they they wanted for that role, and you you're like, really? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> but uh, I mean, yeah, I, read- I love the uh, back and forth with uh, with uh, Powell and you know uh, and John, and I love the back and forth with Powell and. Uh, Dwayne T. Robinson as well, you know. When they first get there, when he, uh, Paul Gleason first gets to the scene, and he's like, "All right, who's talking to him?" You know. And, uh, <laughs> Paul says, "He goes, oh, he goes, yeah, um, I think it." Uh, uh, you know, he's saying, "Oh, this, this guy inside is," you know, and he, he claims he's uh, uh, killed two terrorists. You know, so we're only dealing with like nine now or something instead of 11 or whatever it was. And he's like, oh, he, and Paul Gleason's like, oh, he claims. And he goes, Paul, has it ever occurred to you that the same, you know, this could be the same guy uh, pulling your chain, the same guy that, uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. So he goes, he goes, and he goes, why not? And he's like, well, things he said, like being able to spot, you know, he might be a, he might be a badge. And he goes, what makes you think that? And he goes, things he said like being able to spot a, a phony id and paul gleason's like jesus christ paul he could be a freaking bartender for all we know oh yeah i know yeah exactly i like you know who i like i like argyle argyle i mean every every wow. character outside of uh the immediate area of john like al sergeant al Powell, argyle they all teamed up in some way to help out john like when uh Argyle T-bone the ambulance with uh, Theo in it towards the right. end of the movie. I think yeah. that Argyle contributed because that's another bad guy that was taken out. Yeah. And then uh, Al was the communication between ground and uh, you know up in the building. I thought that was very good. But Argyle was a very was a very good character. He had some minor parts, and I think uh, I think that was good. Here's one other part in the movie which I think is hilarious, Sean, and it's towards the end of the movie, and I love it. It's at, after the when Powell shoots the uh, Carl at the very end, and this is a part here that I think is pretty awesome. Mr. McClain, now that it's all over after this incredible ordeal, what are your feelings? Did you get that? <laughs> that was awesome. Holly walks off. Decks the uh, hits the TV reporter. You get that? <laughs> well, yeah, they did. They did a great job in casting for for Die Hard. They really did. And I like the way you know Argyle gets him to the 
gets him from the uh, airport to Nakatomi, and I like the way at the end the car's all banged up, and he's uh, keeping his end of the bargain, getting John McClane out of there at the end of the movie. I thought that was uh, a good way to bookend it for Argyle. So it's amazing how, and they did a commercial um, a few years ago. I looked on YouTube. Uh, it was Argyle, Theo, and Bruce Willis for um, Die Hard Batteries. And it's like a two- or three-minute commercial. If you, if you YouTube it, you'll see it. I think, I don't know if I said this in the last episode, I was watching the movie Expendables 2 uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, there's a part in the movie where it is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and Bruce Willis. And uh, it's Expendables 2, and they're all shooting – and there's a scene in the movie, and I'm paraphrasing here. Bruce Willis says, I'll be back. And then Schwarzenegger says, yippee Kaye" to Bruce Willis. And then there's a mention of Rambo oh. after that. And I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome with that. They all played in three different movies. They're all big stars in the 80s that they would uh, bring that back about, what, 30 some odd years later and just a but uh, thirty second scene in Expendables two. I thought that was pretty neat. Hey, why not? It's always good to get a to get a good laugh. Yeah, but Bruce Willis, I think uh, when you look back, I think he was uh, absolutely phenomenal for that part. Hans, we've already spoken infinitum about it. The other contributing actors, every every actor was cast just right in this movie. Uh, the scenes were absolutely perfect they flowed you know you'll have some movies where there are some lulls in the movie there was not one lull in the movie everything worked uh, in sync um, with the bad guys and the good guys and uh, i think the terrorists were very uh were very convincing as well going back to the beginning of the movie one of my favorite scenes is when they get off the elevator before they start shooting the place up and just the way hans steps out in front and the other guys have the machine guns and they kind of Step out, you know, holding holding them up, you know, and yeah, well, they definitely uh, they definitely cast it well. I mean, Hans Gruber, without a doubt, my favorite villain of all time in any movie, and uh, just I thought Alan Rickman did such a great great job in, in that in that movie, and, and incredible actually. I mean, his accent, I love the way he, I love the way he talked, and you know, being a British actor. You know, he, he, I guess he, um, I think I read that he really worked on trying to have the German accent or the, the dialect down. And, uh, same thing with the, uh, you know, when he was pretending to be Bill Clay too, when, uh, you know, the scene you were just talking about, mm-hmm. but, uh, definitely without a doubt, my favorite, uh, favorite, uh, character in the movie was, was Hans. I mean, just sophisticated, like we said, impeccably dressed, smart, ruthless, you know, cunning, uh, funny. It's just, uh, I mean, his lines are just, um, are just incredible. I mean, there's so many quotes and lines from this movie that you can do. So if you, if you've seen Die Hard, you, and you say, someone says the line, you'll, you'll know exactly what that's. <laughs> exactly. And, I always wonder how, like, how many takes did it take to do, um, like the the elevator scene with I have a machine gun, ho ho ho, or like the truck backing up, how how it backed up perfectly into the loading dock, and it the door opens up, and the the the, the extender on the loading dock of off the trailer, you know, 
hits the loading dock perfectly. I wonder how many takes it took to do that because it really, uh, really was, uh, planned out well and how many takes it took for them, you know, to walk out of that truck. And it's kind of funny. He's got the, he's got the suit on. He's got, he's, he's well dressed. He's got these other terrorists with him, machine guns. And then you can see him with the, uh, the rocket launchers in the back, you know, in the, in the foot lockers and the cases, you know, wheeling those all the, the big guys. I thought that was, uh, Pretty interesting how that was uh, choreographed and how long it did take to do some of those scenes and like the elevator shaft scenes. How long did, I mean, how were those done? I mean, there really wasn't CGI back then, you know, computer graphics. I wonder how, how that was um, accomplished during that movie. And uh, from what I understand, Bruce Willis did a lot of those stunts, uh, you know, some, some of those stunts on his own. Yeah. A little too much for me, especially the, uh, the, um, the part when he's in the elevator shaft. And uh, I don't know how the hell he held on to that one ledge when he was trying to reach. Oh, yeah. And, and he falls and like, it look, you know, my gosh, my stomach sinks every time I see that part. Yeah, that part in the movie is pretty intense. How he like he grabs onto that air conditioning yeah. duct and just somehow gets up there. The machine gun was a uh, quite a tool for him to hold and, you know, lift them up and him and it was a it was, that was his only tool he could use to uh to get around so i thought that was uh pretty interesting as well so so this diehard thing has been a lot of fun sean um i really appreciate you uh we could probably do another episode we probably missed a few parts i know we missed the uh the the little one where the little scene there where he's in the air conditioning duct all right when he, when he opens the lighter and he race now i now i know what a tv dinner feels like yep like when he, you know, flicks the lighter on so he can see where he's going. He's like, uh, come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. That was, that was, again, just a real nice, you know, little, little humor in there. And uh, you could definitely uh, feel that when you're watching the movie. So uh, watch it every Christmas. Make well, you sure know, you, every ahead, Christmas. I'm sorry. You got to make sure you watch it every Christmas season. Uh, I do, and my Christmas. You mentioned your Christmas movies. Uh, what was the other Christmas movie that you watch? Oh, Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Christmas Vacation. So my Christmas movie list is It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve, Die mm-hmm. Hard Christmas Eve, and then on Christmas Day, watch Christmas Carol. Oh, not oh, bad. So I, I get uh, the early early thirties with Alastair Sims. I get uh, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart, and then. I get to watch Die Hard, and it is a Christmas movie. I think there's something to be said about the 12 Days of Christmas and the 12 Terrorists, just my personal opinion. Cool. Um, there's also, uh, you know, the scenes where you, he's running around, and you'll see Christmas trees in the background. Yes, there was a Christmas party. So he was an uninvited guest, but he was there. He was part of the party. And um, he made references to uh, Theo a couple of times. It's Christmas time. Merry Christmas. So I think yes. uh, he had the little Christmas bug in him. And then he could turn ruthless and turn on a dime. And uh, it is a Christmas movie because they play uh, at the end of the they play Dean Martin, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, the weather outside is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny we're talking about uh, the building there. That used to be uh, it was Fox Plaza, I believe. So 
I went out to California in 2008. I had to drive by and, and check out uh, the building where Die Hard. I'm one of those. I got to be, I got to see where things are. Like a lot of people I like to see where things were filmed and uh, my, obviously my favorite film. So I had to go out and check out that and thought that was pretty neat. You know, another good scene about that movie, you know, when Powell's at the, he gets the call to look at Nakatomi Plaza, you know, to go check yep. it out. And he just happens to look up and it's so quiet and you see the little flashes in, in the building with, with the machine guns. I thought that was done very well. Well, also, if you notice, when he looks at the building, first gets the call, he throws the bag of Twinkies in his front seat, shuts the door, walks over to the edge of the street and looks at, you know, Nakatomi Plaza. And the, there's prices for gas right there. And it was 74 cents a gallon and 77 cents a gallon. 74 cents. Good catch. Good catch. Isn't that nuts? I noticed that the other day. I was like, holy crap. That's crazy. Yeah. 74 cents for gas. Yep. I love the cars back then in 88. I mean, you look back at 1988 and it's like, it's like when you look back, it's like I graduated in college in 88 and how time has flown. It's now what, 30? 30, oh, my math is off. <laughs> it's all right. Um, <laughs> 36 30. years, 36. I'll say 36. Yeah, 36 years. My math is off tonight. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing how time flies. And we talked about the other Die Hard movies. I've seen Die Hard 2 about 10 times. It was a good movie. Uh, had a lot of good action. Um, can't remember if I saw Die Hard 3 or not. I think that was Hans Gruber's brother. But I have not seen four or five. I'll probably get around to watching those at sometimes. But I kind of like I kind of like the original, so um, I may get to watch them another time. So, absolutely, yep. But definitely, uh, definitely Die Hard for Christmas. You, you have to watch it around Christmas time. Yes, so. you have to watch it at Christmas time. And I love the debate at Christmas time. People say yes or no, but uh, Sean's in the camp as I am about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. So. Sean, I'm sure we missed another a few parts, but I think we ca- we covered the key ones for Die Hard. And uh, I really appreciate you joining me. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, this will be coming out. And uh, I really appreciate your uh, your time with this. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, I love doing this stuff. This is a this is a fun.